Welcome to It Is Real with Jordan and Demi. I'm Demi. We have Jordan here. And today our guest is Corey Wade. Okay. This is insane. I met Corey on a shoot we did and we immediately hit it off. And Corey has the biggest personality on the planet. He's a freaking talented singer. And you may recognize him from America's Next Top Model. So we're going to talk about everything today. How are you, Corey? Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm doing so good. No complaints over here. Are you good, babes? You look amazing. What is this? What is a choker? Oh, what? What do you mean? This whole thing? (laughs) It's just a simple, you know, casual uh, 1 p.m. choker for your nerve. I actually got it at Search and Destroy on uh, St. Mark's back when we were able to, you know, traipse through the city pre-coronavirus. And um, yeah. That place, that, that place actually closed down. No. Right? Certainly. No. This is news to me. That is a historic landmark and the end of a legacy, if that's true. I might be tripping, actually. But anyway. You could be right, though. I mean, it's been hard for a lot of small businesses, seriously. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised. How have you been during all this? Like, what's going on? Tell us the updates. With yeah. Your- Okay. Well, you know, I've been making do. I got to be honest. I don't have much to complain about. For me, um, comparatively, when I hear other people's stories, I haven't had that difficult of a time. Um, You know, I'm making my art at home. I have the means to do that. I'm very fortunate uh, to have a home studio that I can make music out of, to be able to shoot photography whenever I want to. And I even took up like digital animation, not animation, I want to animate, but I'm doing like um, illustrations. So, uh, so I'm like learning new trades and learning new artistic mediums. And it's been really crazy. My boyfriend, I should tell you, uh, who I live with is a healthcare worker on the front lines and has been working a pharmacy. Hi. Yeah, in the, <laughs> in the midst of all of this. So he's like smack dab in the middle of Manhattan and he's actually administering the vaccine too. So that's kind of crazy. Um, and that has my like anxiety at <laughs> extremely high levels, but you know, he's- Has, has, your, has, has your boyfriend been vaccinated? I mean, he has, he has. I have not though. So, so, you, <laughs> so, so partner, partners don't get to jump the line. No, no, no that no. wouldn't be fair. That, that would, yeah, that would be kind of messed up. Yeah. <laughs> symptoms from the vaccine? How is it going for him? Uh, for him, yeah, he actually did have some symptoms. He described it as if it was like a, a hangover, like <laughs> like he had just yeah. had, like it, like his uh, immune system was going through. Uh, I guess it was just like an immuno hangover because uh, what it does is it it like puts your body into like a shock state and your um your I guess your cells. I don't know anything about science or like bodies or what's happening to us when <laughs> the vaccine enters our body, but apparently it, like it was taxing for him and he's good now though. It was like two days that he felt kind of drowsy and a little bit out of it. Wait, I actually wanted to talk about specifically Trey. Shout out Trey. I'm yes. like a stalker, but you guys are like, you seem to be a match made in heaven. Like, can you tell us a story about what's the story? I know we spoke about it when I met you, but. Oh, well, yeah, no, Trey is amazing. I'm very lucky to have found him, especially, uh, you know, to be able to share this crazy corona time with somebody. You know, I'm very grateful for that. But we met two years ago. Uh, a little over two years. Yeah, we've, we've, we've been official for two years, but I think that we met before then. He DM'd me, like, plain and simple. He was <laughs> he was Instagram stalking me, and he slid on in, and I was receptive of that at the time. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Was it love at first sight? Did you know? 
No, no, I didn't. I was like very active in the dating scene and I was very serious about finding love, but I didn't know if I believed in it at that time because, you know, in the queer that dating sounds like scene. A song, Corey. That sounds I wanted to be in love, but I didn't know if I believed in it. That's a Ooh, great lyric right there. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure somebody's mm. written that somewhere. Mm. I'm pretty sure. It sounds like, a, mean, it sounds like a Diane Warren lyric. Like well, it's also, movie. it's like that song, uh, and then I saw her face, now I'm a believer. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, it takes that moment, that serendipitous, you know, that synchronization uh, for, I think, a lot of us, especially like, I don't know. I'm I'm an artist who's like always very like apt to singing and talking about like the negative things in life. And like, it takes like something magical to make me believe in the power of love, I guess. Mm. <laughs> I've gone in and out of believing. I'm very much in a mode in which I believe in love right now. <laughs> How does that affect like when you're writing songs because there's so many songs written out of romantic strife and breakups and horrible heartache and like, it kind of like, how does, how does it affect like your music process when you don't have that, you know, that heartache to draw off of? Yeah. You know what? I'll still write like really, really deep and dark music because there's a lot to kind of cry about these days. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, you know, our pain is shared uh, now more than ever. So yeah, like whenever I'm writing, I always find myself going to like, larger world issues. Um, also, I gotta say, like, being in a queer relationship, it's not 100% like, you know, it, yes, I'm very blessed to have found somebody. Uh, but like, still, when we're walking down the street, we don't have the luxury that a lot of straight couples do just like to be able to hold hands without having to watch our backs. And like, we've had a few run ins where people have felt compelled to like, insert themselves into like, just us trying to be ourselves. So I've written quite a few uh, songs about that um, that I'm excited to share. I've been working, you know, really hard on figuring out what it is I want to say through my music because you're right. It it used to come from like heartache and relationships and, and pain and like all of that. But now I, it's almost as if like I broadened what I can write about because I can step outside of myself and like my, you know, my relationship dramas and talk about the real, the real world, you know? Yeah. Uh, and what your, your latest single, the last thing it's at least in your Spotify is the, uh, dreaming on the dance floor, which is a really great song. In fact, I was just thinking like, it'd be cool if I had, you like had a button in your room and you hit the button and like that song starts playing and lights start flashing. And then you hit the button again and it's like, nothing ever happened. You know, like one of those kind of deals. It should that, be like that. That, that, that was easy button. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With the wonderful <laughs> Rena. And I actually know Rena, we've actually been discussing some video photo projects and stuff. And I told Rena that you were going to be on the show and they were like, Oh, Corey is the sweetest person, the greatest person. So uh, shout out Rena. And For real. yeah. Um, so do you like, and that's like a very much like a, a, a straight up, like, you know, club. That's like, that's like a house song. That's like, I'm on Miami beach at 3 AM kind of song. Um, is that the kind of music you're leaning towards now? Is it more in the house EDM side or, or what else do you got going on? No, I'm still very much into acoustic soul. Uh, that is where, that's where I go. That's where I naturally, okay. you know, that's where I thrive. But Rena is a, an amazing so, so dance, dance producer. Was kind of a, yeah, that was kind of a one-off kind yeah, of like a- It was, project. I mean, I've, I've done dance music before, but now more than ever, I feel like there's such a, a, a need for it because we really- 
are not going to be able to share each other's energy in a open space, like on a dance floor. We're not going to be able to do that for quite some time. So like we wanted to um, speak to that, you know, because a lot of us are, are missing out on that. That's what Dreaming on the Dance Floor was about. I mean, we wanted to create that vibe as if you could like, you know, bring the club into your living room if you wanted to. That that was the mission. Um, yeah. Well, mission, I, mission accomplished. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you like it. For real. Corey, okay. So here's the thing. I... I recognize you. I'll never forget. I I know. I was like, I know this guy. I just I just can't remember from where I know him from. And I'm like, I'm tripping when I saw you at the shoot. And then I'm like, oh my god, America's Next Top Model. <laughs> it, but I tell you, during coronavirus, I watched every single episode. Yes. Of every single no. On freaking Demi's dead ass. I went to her house and like <laughs> she had. Uh, America's Top Model, like playing, like from like cycle, it. like cycle four. She was like yeah. going back, yeah, going no. back. And that was probably my fourth time seeing it. Mm. I'm obsessed with America's Next Top Model. Tyra, can you just tell me about that experience? How it was for you? Tell me about Tyra. Oh, you know what? There's a lot of like mixed reviews about Tyra Banks. Like certainly in today's day and age, I mean, all of the contestants are like you know bringing up past trauma. Um, I'm not one of those models. I really do appreciate her as for all intents and purposes. She's always been like a positive influence in my life, even long before she ever knew I was alive. Like even long before I ever did that show, I was a little gay boy watching the Tyra show in the late nineties. And I remember her bringing queer people onto her show and me seeing gay people speaking on TV, like you know, being given access to a microphone for the first time. And I just learned a lot uh, about myself through watching her. And she's kind of a, she's like a low-key activist. And she's always worked to try to reshape the societal standard perception of beauty. Yeah, she's had missteps. But I'm telling you, she is the first person knowing her who would own up to them. Like, and apologize and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I've grown through this. And in the 90s, you know, we were looking at things differently. And anyway, I loved it. What about you know, Demi? You're like a beautiful, you're like a successful model. Like if you ever, <laughs> if you ever wanted to do that, I'm sure you could. Like, I feel like you're far and beyond like what that's a lot what, of ANTM contestants have achieved. Oh my that's God. What this is, that's what this is for is, and I'm sorry to speak for you, Demi, but that's one thing we talk about in our meetings is that Demi wants to expand her entertainment her footprint all over the different genres of entertainment and i want to be like know. yeah oh ooh. And you, like, you know what i mean this is like top secret though i but love oprah i'm sorry i, I do about <laughs> your journey as an activist because oh. that's a big part of your life oh yeah i mean i really felt compelled to make it more about like what's going on in the world than i ever made it about me and I used to make it about me like I was very into myself and this vain quest for fame that was really why I did top model I just wanted to be famous Madonna. but it, yeah you know what I'm saying but it grew into something more uh after I saw how my experience on the show how it was laid out was uh affecting other people who could relate around the world I was getting dms from kids in different countries um the show airs in 186 different countries. So that means it airs in places where differences aren't as widely ex accepted or understood as they are here in America or as they should be at everywhere around the world. But a little gay boy from Russia uh, was the first one to DM me 
like this gut-wrenching story about how they've been kicked out of their house because um yeah they came out to their mom after seeing me out and proud queer person on tv for the first time and she in turn you know kicked him out of the house and he was private twitter messaging me from a public library and these are the stories mm. that we don't hear a lot of the time you know there are kids in places all around the world everywhere that are um, still experiencing oppression at an alarming rate and they're not getting the help and um, the messaging isn't being put out to them to uh, for them to know that they are beautiful and right and fine in their own skin uh, so I really I wanted to set out to you know be a voice of reason for those kids because I know growing up I felt like you know even being in America where I think queer people have an easier go I still didn't feel seen represented like no not whatsoever when I looked at into the TV, you know, like I said, Tyra Banks, a woman was the person who was like making me feel like I was okay as a young queer person. There's something wrong with that. I feel like, um, you know, we're all equal and valid and need to be seen and, you know, deserve that love, like that, I don't know, that self-love that like, I feel like everyone can attain. It's just harder for some of us because we don't receive the messaging. When you were on America, America's Next Top Model, you know, it was, it was an interesting season because it was, it was, some it was new for them to bring male and female models on the same competition and you had issues with judges about not being masculine enough and not being you know the the typical rugged male as as i call till demi like the jacor noir kind of model um do you feel like in the seven eight years since you've been on the show that uh the fashion industry has become more accepting of uh people who have uh, you know, people who are more gender fluid, who had, don't have stereotypical macho looks or feminine looks. Do you think people are more open like to that in the fashion industry in terms of modeling? Yes, yes, definitely. I was on ANTM seven years ago, so certainly things have changed. It's still a bit of a struggle. I talk about this a lot, actually. It's mm. uh, it's a bit of a struggle because if you are a brand bringing a queer person on to like model in your campaign, it's as if you are taking a socio-political stance. Right. And we haven't reached the point where like booking a queer model is just like booking any other model. You can't book a queer model without saying something because of all of the discourse in our world and how so many people, you know, have a warped view of what it means to be queer and how it like, you know, you know what I'm going to talk. Like people they just ugh, like just mm. people who just are hateful, like <laughs> just inherently hateful. I don't know, like who have learned hatred through their cultural exposure. They see a queer person and, and they will immediately be turned off to a brand. So a lot of the time it's kind of like, you know, uh, it's like a roulette for a lot of brands who hire gay people. Like they could very well be losing business by bringing a queer person on. And that is a symptom of like just the culture and where we are. So yeah, we still have a, a long way to go. And that's why I get so irritated when people um, express as if they've had it with like trying to push the queer agenda, which is really just equality. I hate the word queer agenda or gay Me agenda. Too. I, hate those <laughs> I, uh, I, I spoke to, I don't want to call them out too, but I was, I was talking with a family member and they were talking about some TV show they were watching and they stopped watching it because it became too much about the gay agenda. And I was like, what is like... It's I, crazy. I, I mean, yeah, I've yeah. been accused. I've been accused of wanting to destroy the nuclear family. Let me set that straight right here and mm. now. I I love straight people. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for straight people. Obviously, we need straight people. Like, however, all I'm interested in is 
creating more space for the very many different people that exist in this world. And, you know, there's no right way to be a human being. We're so complex. Mm -hmm. I think even my cisgendered straight family will say like, yeah, I'm complex. I'm discovering new things about myself each and every day. We got to give ourselves the permission to grow and to experience all that we are in the short time that we have because life is fleeting. It's too short for hate. I know it sounds really like corny. I shit. love that. No, yeah. I know it's whatever. Like, it's so sad that people need it to be tied up in a bow like that. Yeah, that's a great statement. It is. Life is too short for hate. What are you doing? So I'm tired of like, you know, so we got to just like push the love out. You know, that's all. Corey, since the moment I met you, I'm, I'm I met someone who just seemed to know himself right off the bat. So confident, such a powerful presence. I want to know a little bit about your evolution, like as a person. Were you always that way? Like, no, 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 baby. And I think um, the reason a lot of queer people who are like out in the world are so confident, quick witted, have this defense mechanism built up, it's because at a younger age they had to sort those insecurities out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we have to sort our insecurities out. Um, just earlier on in life, just because if we don't, like, we're not even going to be able to function just because of how much society puts on us. Um, I don't know. Like, I think confidence is a choice. And I think we are all on our, like, respective journeys, like, internally. And we get there through an inner dialogue that has to take place. So when you're right and ready, like that's the only time that you can really step into confidence. I always say like, there's no point in outsourcing for validation. It's on you to know that you are right and fine. Damn. Yeah. You know what's so funny, Jordan? I was just thinking, it's so great to have Corey in the show because he's a podcaster as well. And it's so easy to talk to Corey. I yeah, that. Corey's, Corey's smooth. You're, you're very smooth with your delivery and Ooh. getting your point across. Speaking Whoa. of this podcast. Uh, it's so stupid. Speaking of- <laughs> that's, speaking, that's a good endorsement. That's a good endorsement. I, I love like, talking about your podcast. It's so stupid. It's so it stupid. is. And I love, it's really funny to talk about it right after you're saying like how smooth I am because this is a haphazard mess um is a shit show and i love it my girlfriend nina who was on top model with me um just when we get to gabin and talking it is like it's the least serious thing ever it's like literally poop jokes like fart jokes i mean these are the things that bring us together poop is funny i don't care who you are like you're gonna laugh i've actually uh, met nina a few times do you, um, what do you, oh, how, I didn't know you knew her. That's crazy. She was hula hooping at Elements Festival. She's, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, you're like on some next level. I feel like you're like also like with podcasting, just like a a perfect match for like all that stuff. We're the yin and yang because I'm very I'm meticulous. I'm like, I want to be perfect. And she's just like, <laughs> like all over the place and no shade. Like. She keeps me on my toes. It's really <laughs> we de me Demi and I definitely have a difference in everything about us is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said everything about us. Is yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, Corey, you you've talked about how much America's. I don't want to keep 
drumming this beat over and over again. But I do want to ask about the actual like experience in terms of like what your favorite memory was. Like besides like I know you got some mentorship from Tyra and it was good to like get on camera and I know that you worked through some issues and kind of like it made it kind of uh you know formed you. Um but what what do you take away in terms of like your favorite memories, the things you kind of cherish from your time on the show? Oh, so many things. Um yeah, for all of the negative stuff that I had to endure, I will always say that the good outweighed the bad. Um, and uh, Bali comes to mind. You know, we got to travel to Bali and do the second half of filming, you know, in this beautiful location. And there was this, uh, one day in particular where I got to model um, a sarong and it was like made by this amazing designer uh, who happened to be queer and really liked seeing me um, in the fluid expression of my gender and wanted me to like go femme. And that was an empowering moment in a beautiful place. Uh, the photo is stunning. It's like my favorite. Um, yeah, that day was just amazing. Ugh. It was like life in Technicolor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing about those shows, regardless of what reality show you're on, like the, the locations you get to go to, it's just like crazy. I worked a little bit on behind the scenes of last season of uh, Project Runway, and when they did the the thing at the vessel where they had the 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 uh, models go walk down the steps of the vessel and just like stuff like that, because they've done these shows so many seasons, they have to get creative. So as the consent contestants get to benefit from that, you know, mm -hmm. absolutely, yeah, it's just ugh, I can't even fathom like that. I've actually experienced these things. You know, I grew up really poor and. You, like we never had the means like to do any of this. I had never been on a plane before the top model experience. So it was just like, wow. Oh wow. Culture shock to the extreme. Yeah. It was beautiful. You're from Philly, right? Or yes. Yeah. Philly How do you, what'd you say? Philly cheesesteak? <laughs> if I ate meat like that, <laughs> you know, I, I get the idea. Like I understand why people love them so much. I just feel like, I mean, full disclosure, I feel like I would never poop again if I ever dared. Are you <laughs> never stop pooping again? Or that. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Wait, Demi, you get down with the Philly cheesesteak? I, well, here's the thing. I actually went during coronavirus with my friend Ash and Jolene just because he wanted to get out. And then we went and I had a Philly cheesecake and they used the cheese whiz. Yeah, they do. It's it's absurd. But Demi, you're so small. Like, literally, her waist is like, how? It's literally... Yeah, the the metabolism of a hummingbird. I don't like, understand. Yeah, yeah, oh, no. Um, and I embarrassed, like, Demi, you know what? You were eating the, the time, I came, uh, like, over the summer when I was at your house that one time. What? And you, she was, I came over, Corey, and oh. Demi was eating out of a can of frosting just with a spoon. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What? I wish I could. Mm. No. That's why sometimes, that's why I break out, though. Because, like, I'll eat sugar in an empty stomach. That'll get you. But you're also very young, right? Like you're early on in life. You're 24. Okay. See, I'm 30. I think I, I crossed the threshold. Uh, I don't know. I think it was around like 27, 28. So it's oh coming. Can we talk about skin? Oh, sure. Yeah. You even like, even here in person, his skin is like glass, people. Glass. Mm. What is your skin routine? <laughs> ah! Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I just use Cetaphil. I just use Cetaphil 
um, water <laughs> and like a Neutrogena moisturizer. Honestly, I can't tell you um, my skin regimen is better than yours or better than the next person's. The best advice I can give you is that each and everybody's uh, skin is like so very different. So once you subscribe to a regimented like mode of taking care of it, you just have to stick to that. It's when you switch and change and like do all these different things. That's when your skin starts to, you know, break out or like, you know, just get like, um, undergo stress because like the skin is adaptable. So I don't, I don't do much. Like I've gotten into a way of just using Cetaphil and like <laughs> Neutrogena and that's saved my life. I'll also like, I play little tricks. You want to know some of my tricks? Miss Please. Like, some tricks. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> elusive uh, tricks, like illusionary tricks. I'll just take a dab of Vaseline and put it on the highlight, like to where you can't even see it. And then you look a little bit like, <gasps> Like, I don't know, like, you look more like vibrant. There's a sheen. There's a sheen. There's a sheen. Summer glow. There's life. In the winter. Whatever you want it to be. Yeah, just a little glisten. Um, I'm doing it right now, actually. (laughs) And then I like to put, like, reds and browns around my eyes to give them more, like, intense definition. But you don't have to. It's whatever you want. Some depth, some like what? Uh, not texture, but um, some uh, yeah, yeah. like some depth. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I, my issue as a guy, I have well, really, these this is universal, but I have bags under my eyes. I've had them since I was a kid. I like have I like naturally, even if I'm tired, if not tired, I always eat. There's pictures of me when I was five years old. I had bags under my eyes. So what's your what's your what's your uh, what's your fix for Jordan, that? You go to bed at like four a.m. though. I do go to bed at four a.m. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I I feel like the um more more of like a concave look, like around the eyes. It's it's actually a natural look that for whatever reason in our societal like expectation of beauty and how it's been built up, we have we see that as like oh that is not desirable. That's not what we want. But there's so many people who have just like a deeper set eye, and yeah, there are, are tricks to like fool people into you know seeing it a different way but it doesn't mean that it's like wrong to have bags under your eyes you know but like the cold spoons is a thing they actually sell um like eye masks that are just you know if you've ever seen like a sheet mask that you can get at a Wolverines or whatever they they have them just for the eye they like hydrate the eye um there's oh you know what I do I'll take a q-tip and put it into like an oil like Mm -hmm. a space oil um, and just dab it into like the creases and wrinkles and lines around my eyes and then go to bed and I wake up and I, I'm more like my eyes are, and then you obviously like, you can wear makeup. I want you to know, like, I know you, if you think that like you need to be apprehensive because of your maleness that (laughs) I want to just like obliterate right now, you know, makeup is a contrived additive. It's it really is unnatural for all of us. We weren't meant to have this shit slathered on our faces. It breaks us out. That's your first indicator that it's unnatural. So if you want to play with it, my dude, you are allowed. You're more than welcome. Chances are no one's ever even going to know. How do you feel about that? There's like a whole industry of male skincare products and then female skincare products. And, but do you, do you think it's bullshit or do you think that like men, men and women do have different skin? I guess. I don't know. How do you feel? Uh, about that? Well, Okay, any anything makeup oriented is bullshit when it comes to, you know, male versus female because it is literally just paint. It's just war paint. Anybody can wear it. Yeah. But 
men do naturally have more hair follicles than women. So there are certain products like for like facial exfoliants that are designed to, you know, cater to somebody men, who has more men have whiskers. Men have whiskers. Right. Like I, yeah. I seriously, I struggle like as I'm getting older, as like after I crossed 30, I started getting ingrown hairs like around here. And it was like, no, it's, it's like, you know, it's tricky. So um, an exfoliant um, has helped me with that. If I exfoliate, then I can get a little bit of the hair and just like tweeze it out. And it's like, okay, good. But you know, I, really most products are genderless. It's just, I guess, certain things that like, I guess like somebody who doesn't grow a lot of facial hair wouldn't want to exfoliate as much as somebody who does. Okay. That's helpful. I've, it's yeah. weird. I have a beard and like, you know, I've, I've very, I have very dry skin and very, uh, it gets a uh, uh, red and patchy and stuff. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is really helpful. Like usually when, when Demi does a skincare section, I'm just like, okay, okay. But now I'm like, all right, but tell me, tell me the, tell me the down and dirty. Yeah. It is for everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of the tips Demi gave uh, do transcend. Yeah. You oh, yeah, I do transcend gender. I mean, if you have, I mean, I don't, I haven't been here. Like, but... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Corey, what about like, you're a model, entertainer, podcaster, artist, like all around public figure. How do you balance it? How do you like keep your head together and like keep focused? Girl, I am not balanced or focused. I am kind of a mess and I'm just embracing that truth about myself now. Like I'm, I'm so done with trying to be perfect. I'm a Virgo and I'm a classic Virgo. So I have a natural tendency to want to edit myself and make sure that I'm showing up like my best in every single moment, but that's unrealistic. Uh, so knowing that life is so short and I have all of these things I'm passionate about and I want to do, I'm just like, let me fall in love with the process separately for each everything, each and everything that I'm doing. So like if I'm making music, don't make the music, this is me talking to myself, Corey, don't make the music with an end goal or with a deadline. Make the music because you love making music. And so each and every like minute that you're spent, just this morning I was in the studio um, and I was just enjoying myself. Uh, the same goes for podcasting with Nina. That shit is not perfect. Let me tell you right now, that is a hot mess. So we just enjoy ourselves in the moment. We, we have cocktails, we have fun. We used to hang out like once a week as it were, like before Corona. So now we get to do it on this platform and people get to see. So we're just enjoying ourselves. That's the secret. Make sure you're having a good time. If you're not, what's the point? Seriously. Like mm. it's not perfect. I'm mm. a, I'm a, I'm a shit human. I'm telling you that right now. Like I screw up all the time, um, all the time, but I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, <laughs> we can tell. We can tell, and I gotta. Your, your lighting setup's great too. Um, oh, it's natural light. This, this is, is natural light. Oh, you've got a good window. Oh, I do. It's huge. You're 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 in New York too, right? I am. Okay, we're like in like at least I'm in I'm in like a tiny Brooklyn uh, box apartment. So you that's know. okay. I've definitely lived through a few of those in my day. <laughs> You're so inspirational, Corey. Like, I can't even wrap my head around. Like, I'm excited to see where your career is going to take you. Um, I can only, like, imagine the endless possibilities right now. Is music your main thing right now? Or do you still care about, like, 
I mean, I know the podcast is kind of like a fun diversion, but you've done some hosting, you've done some, you know, some more acting you've done, you did some, some musical theater way yeah. back past. So where does music, is music your main thing right now? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I have a main thing. Um, it's something I love and something that I will always do. So I'm never going to stop making music, but I don't think you have to. That's a misconception. I think that you have to focus on one thing in order to have success. Like when I found success of for one of my songs that I made in my room in my home studio, Touch, it's it wound up on uh, the Young and the Restless, the soap opera, right? But I was not dead set on making that happen. Like the most successful moments I've had were just born out of me throwing myself into whatever it is I was doing at the time. And then it just happened. It's funny though, because the stuff that like you work really hard on, a lot of the time you set yourself up for disappointment because it didn't turn out to be what you maybe hoped it could have been. Um, I also, this is crazy to talk about right now, but I did just book a New York Fashion Week show um, and I'm and I just modeled for the Pride campaign um, as well. So there's things happening in my modeling life, even though I don't know if that's the safest thing because of Corona. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'm risking my health out in the world of fashion as well too, because I need to make my money and the $600 that the government gave me wasn't enough. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, let me ask you about your modeling a little bit because you're on Next Top Model. You were in your early 20s. Now you're 30. Um, do you feel kind of excited about, because as a model, regardless of gender, you kind of have these two stages. Now you're, you do the young, hot, sexy thing. And now that you're, you get in your thirties, you can be more of like an adult, like be more in adult campaigns. Yeah, that's, you, what they, that's what they say. That's what uh, they say. Do you, yeah. do you not see that to be true? Do you not look forward to like, when you get to be like the guy, cause like you think about like, say for example, a razor commercial, when they have a person in a razor commercial, they're like a 40 year old man. Right. Right. So like, do you do you see yourself looking forward to those types of adult opportunities or or is it like bullshit? Corey Wade for Gillette Fusion. I don't see it happening. I really this is another one. Like if if Gillette hires an openly queer model. Corey Wade. Well, well, I mean, that'd be great if it was me, but I'm just <laughs> saying if they do that, they have not yet. They have not had like an openly queer spokesperson um for Gillette or like any of those, like, you know. Shaving your face campaigns. Yeah. Think about what that does to the sociopolitics of the Midwest. They see that on the TV and they're probably like, oh, no, I'm not buying that boycott. Yeah, because you know? we all know that gay dudes don't have whiskers. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, so anyway, I don't really know. I don't see myself fitting in like into like the standard adult. I don't know. I look at older queer people like... RuPaul Charles and like Billy Porter. Um, and I, these are the people that I'm like, you know what? I would love to be doing what they're doing. I really, I feel like they are, um, they've stepped into their own. Um, I, I could see myself being more of like a, just an older, just unapologetically fabulous queer person, like teaching the yeah. kids about yeah. truth and love. And yeah. And, yeah. So here's, here's the question. If you could host a TV show, like a talk show, what would the format be? Hmm. Would you want to do like a late night show, a daytime show, uh, a self-help kind of Dr. Phil thing? Uh, like what, where would, where would you fall? Oh, this is really good. Okay. I have a lot of ideas. One idea is just to have a daytime show because 
I think queerness needs to be seen in the light of day. It's not something that just exists after hours, you know, like <laughs> after we go home from the club, we go to bed and we wake up and it, we have to like navigate real life. So I would love to mm -hmm. see queer people talking in a daytime setting. I want to do a round table show. Ooh, I just had a genius idea. All right. You've seen the view, right? It's a round table of like uh, middle-aged women who just have a lot of feelings and maybe they disagree, but they all- Political get... differences. Yeah. 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 Mm. They, they all get along in the end though. They're sisters. They're sisterhood. I would love to have a round table show called The Q. And it's a daytime talk show. It's called The Q and it's all queer voices, but they're just like in their day-to-day oh, -day life. But I think it'd be cool that that format, and then you have mainstream celebrities on as oh. guests, like whoever is like yeah. promoting their movie, they get to go on the queue, and that's like on their media tour. Like, oh, that'd if, be so awesome! Uh, if like Chris Pratt or Mar not Chris Pratt, maybe that's a bad example, but no, he's a great example. <laughs> yeah, I um, love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or you know, just whoever acting yeah. on top of your head, they just come. That's like on their media tour. So we've already made the show. Um, Corey's already made the show. So if any uh, TV <laughs> producers are watching or listening, you just know, pick it up. Just yeah. come on. Yeah. You know what? You put me on the spot there. I don't know. I, I would probably think, Corey. what'd you say? I could see you actually like on some, the Tyra show types wave. I could see you mm. having your own show. Holding the cards with your logo on it. Holding like the cards with your logo. You oh, shit. On the back? Yeah. 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 Oh wait, that's actually, have you ever thought about that? Like actually like, like. No, I, I felt like, and this is just me like putting shit on myself. It's probably not true. Uh, but I always felt like maybe I needed to get on TV in some other respect one more time for people to really know who I am for mm -hmm. something to be watchable like that. I don't know though. Like I'm just kind of living. Oprah though. Oprah went from like newscasting. Yeah. I love, I love that you bring up Oprah. I love that you love Oprah. That's, mm -hmm. that's, Probably where we meet, Demi, because Oprah, yeah, Oprah's been a really big influence in my life, too. I love, my favorite Oprah quote, actually, is um, there's no such thing as failure because that thing that we call failure is only there to get us back on our destined path. And, and that and has- Oprah's completely self-made up from nothing. Kind absolutely. Of too. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that quote, yeah, I think it speaks to her story trajectory. And I think it's true for all of us. Like, we all get so- you know, hell bent on what didn't work out and we kill ourselves over it. But in truth, like that thing was never for you. The universe just didn't have that for you. And you're being guided to where you're meant to be. And it's going to be beautiful. And it's where you're supposed to be. <laughs> Absolutely. So. <laughs> All right, Corey, we have to end it here. Thank you so much for being you. on our show. Oh my God. That's We've sad. had a great time with you today. It's been a pleasure for real. Y'all are awesome. All right. We will talk to you later, Corey. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, Demi, that was fun. I love Corey Wade. Oh my God. I feel like I've been reborn today. Like he's given just us so much insight on just important topics. It's, that was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun today. Thank you for joining us on It's Real with Jordan and Demi. We will be back on Friday afternoon with Cade. You can find me on Instagram at Jordan Edward Studio. And you can find Demi on Instagram at Demi underscore Ramos. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>